0: dragged kicking and screaming to a new part of the house this is a full-on house tour at this point (laughs) harry was like "Oh, my back support my lower back support
1: i just feel like it's more elegant to be like this and we can swivel
0: yeah we can swivel up this is a good chance to show off our dining set matches the couch i really didn't think that blue was my color at all like i used to tease Jeeves about blue especially navy where i was like kind of reminds me of the pigs The pigs. Yeah, the pigs. Not the pigs that I love, the other ones. But yeah, a little Kendall dining set from the 70s. Quite thrifty with it.
1: I feel more alive. I feel like when I'm on the couch, it's... Slump hours. Mm. Call me Slumpy Kev. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you feel like it's like if you watch a time lapse of yourself on a couch. One second you're up, next second you've basically yeah, no ahead. Yeah, your no Body's necking. gone. So I get it. Here we are. Yeah, yeah. Here we are. Also, if you can't see us, this is really just riveting stuff. You know.
0: Yeah, true.
1: Just for the listeners, we are sitting.
0: <laughs> yeah, sitting upright, <laughs> which could actually help with this void situation that I've had. You know, Jay mentioned last week on the. Pod, that it was like there's a thing we call the blanket monster and there's a similar one that's like the couch monster
1: i don't know what that means
0: yeah it's similar to it's a strain of cookie monster uh, not gonzo who i found the other day i just like i'm gonna leave it there but gonzo is a underrated muppet that i really love obviously gonzo journalism and everything but the thing i like about gonzo is i think he might be a magician that's why he's wearing a suit but he's real weird and the whole thing in sesame street is that no one knows what he is he's kind of like this alien and i just think that's really sick because i feel like that at times as well
1: also if you can't see us right now there is a Gonzo <laughs> doll sitting in front of us yeah big
0: old plushy tag well, still on found it for six dollars he's not good even about it.
1: he's not even sitting he's just like well that's kind of like star fishing it's
0: almost like an artist representation of us on the couch versus us now this totally. is growth this is growth yeah feeling good about it the swivel is really working for me i agree actually my lower back support's feeling quite you know what change is good
1: this is the this <laughs> is the caffeine of seeds
0: well this is what i mean like sometimes i do need to be ripped out of the darkness yeah you work pretty much <laughs> kicking and
1: screaming as per every nudge I try and give you. It's
0: yeah. You know, it comes with reluctance at first. And then once you try the new thing, you never know, you might like it. So anyways, on the color blue, another color that isn't blue is pink. And good segue that I've just created. into. Nice. <laughs> you don't want to
1: give a little update of your day or something? No, I no know, gender I know stereotypes I'm, either. If anyone's I'm,
0: like wondering if that's where I was going with this. I know
1: but I'm busting to just, I just want to get one thing off my chest. Oh, uh-huh, But it, it was the perfect segue
0: <laughs> into just getting Barbie out of the way yeah true barbie because we have to address it did you like it or not
1: yes i liked it yeah i was saying to someone that it's kind of like a uh uber rating for me i like to start at five and deduct points if you've been bad do you know what i mean i'm like a generous star giver so i think if i started at a 10 which it definitely wasn't a 10 could only knock off a few points there was no like detrimentally bad plot points or Mm. the none of the musical moments spoilers Mm. like affected me in a bad way they're all pretty like catchy and fun to watch and you know what it felt like it felt like a modern day charlie and the chocolate factory like the Mm, original quality of that world that they created i felt like this world was created and if you were like 10 now watching this movie Mm. you'd be enthralling
0: especially if it's your first time experiencing Barbie at all because I do think like this is that one of those awareness plays where Barbie has been relevant like it's kind of just like a Lego you know Barbie's just a staple in the toy world but if you hadn't bought into Barbie this would be a pretty fascinating place to indulge in you know for escapism for a child or whoever you don't have to just be a child to play with toys you know I've got plenty of plushies as we can see here with Gonzo on the table but I agree I, I, my Uber rating system is a little bit different.
1: Do you start the... I usually
0: start at three and then Work upwards until I realised that was bad. So then I started doing it the other way. If it was a so out like of a ten moderate, rating, I would start at five.
1: So moderately average Uber, you're giving a three.
0: Yeah, and that's how I thought it should be. But then apparently that was getting people a savage. Yeah, and that's I didn't realise it was savage because I my <laughs> rationale was start in the middle or somewhere near the middle. It's annoying because I would rather do it out of ten because there's a straight middle. There's like a fifty percent. I'm really showing my f boy shit here, but like when I use Letterbox or if I use reads, it's really hard because the middle is a three, then which you can't do half stars and all these things, so it's like I can't even go 2.5, I have to go straight three, which means average. Which you know, there's a really there's only four and five left, mm. so it's kind of hard because sometimes I'll rate something like a four and then something else a four, and I'm like, there's a really big difference in what that four means, but this is all I have to work with, which is really frustrating in relation to the Barbie movie. I agree, I was like generally pretty happy, had a good time watching it. It didn't feel prolific to me in the way that. A lot of girlies I know were sobbing through this. Got really emotional. I don't know specifically what parts... Like, the feminist aspect of it, sure, and, like, maybe the nostalgia of it all, but, like, I didn't feel emotional watching this. I don't think it – I don't know what kind of suppressed issues or traumas you have that this would provoke you to cry or if you just cry a lot. Like, Jay was even saying she was tearing up and I was kind of like, am I, am I dead inside because I didn't feel that? You know what I mean? But, you know, people – Well, I'm consider. just a dumb dude, so – Yeah, yeah, I'm, I mean, you're just I a ken. I, so. As a, as the funniest part is actually that you, your job is beach because you're from Byron. <laughs>
1: is like yeah when would you have cried during this movie honestly well apparently just that that
0: montage you know the famous montage the uh, mm, montage that happened you know when they were like when she's coming to terms with everything and she's like i mean this is such a ken thing for you not to have seen is this with kate mckinnon no what at the end oh my god spoilers guys but there's a montage towards the end
1: You're using the word montage, right?
0: Yeah. It's like a series of different seminal events in history crushed together to show the human experience.
1: History? What? They they go back in time? Yeah, really.
0: Okay huge spoilers tap out but don't really tap so out
1: don't even, don't even worry about spoilers for me because I <laughs> like, really can't uh, even remember, like, obviously you just
0: like completely head blanked by this point i think that... i
1: don't i think there was a point where i realized that I was... it was
0: towards the end before she's like are you gonna literally enter this world and she's like here's the history of like the female experience and yeah. it's like before she enters the human world it's like you know what you're signing up for
1: right right, right yeah yeah that look i need to say it again i think there was <laughs> there was a lot of wow yeah, you're this... just
0: like seriously like the ken character where He's just like, oh, and then like the patriarchy was less interesting to me because there was no more horses and you're literally sitting there and like the tear jerking moment happens. you're like, la 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 just
1: well, like music. I'm more of a beats guy. I so don't know what? Like, not, like you missed huge... one of the
0: major beats then. No,
1: nah, I'd call that a lyric. <laughs> That's a lyric <laughs> sorry too. film term sorry, the, sorry. I would say the beat of the movie was for me was the aesthetic. There was the very obvious. Wait,
0: we're not talking film terms now. We're talking music terms.
1: I'm saying if I was to refer to the music, my taste in reference to the movie, I would say the aesthetic was the beat, which is something I paid more attention to. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I paid attention to the higher level themes of the movie. If I was to break the lyrics down as the movie, I don't remember every scene like word for word. I would remember it if I saw it.
0: It looks so different to the rest of it.
1: I remember the ending where she talks about. Yeah. So just
0: before that. They're literally in a room and there's just two of them and it's her and the founder of Barbie and they're talking and then this big montage happens of historical moments. Right, yeah. What were you doing?
1: I, so, I was getting to is that I was so enthralled by the movie. There was a certain point where I almost like my... You
0: were disassociating at that point. You're like, no more kids, no, I'm out. No, not disassociating.
1: Was, I was so enthralled in... The theatrics and the screen because we were at a what was the screen mm. called?
0: I don't know some kind of super screen. Yes,
1: super with an A, not an ER, like a super screen. Like yeah, yeah. So yeah. it was. I felt like I was almost in IMAX, and at a certain point, I was like, oh shit, this is really visually engaging. And then I started to really just get lost in it. And then I sort of didn't focus on every single moment. And it's I'm just sorry. crazy. But then I focused you... on the ending, which I thought was... But
0: it's crazy that just before the ending, something completely different happens and it yeah. just doesn't hit your frequency at all. Like, I think at that point, you're maybe you're disassociating <laughs> completely and you're still thinking back to another scene that happened. Yeah, kind of. And which I think again I was... is like that whole Ken thing with the, the horses are no <laughs> longer part of the patriarchy. I'm no longer interested.
1: And I think I take in... It's like I taking what I just took in and then mm. I'm sort of thinking about that and then
0: Well, that's not living at the moment. No. So
1: No. I'm living in this moment and So it's, now it's I don't I don't pain, know. If painfully dragging out the uh, Yeah, well I'm just ken, like the of of me.
0: Yeah, it's not your fault.
1: And I think it'll hold up, like I said, with the Willy Wonka themes. I don't know. It just didn't suck. You don't sort of say that much anymore. I, everything everything and, sucks and yeah. that didn't suck. I think
0: what was good was the sense of humor about it because they had mm. like political and social themes, but it wasn't too preachy. And then on top of that, it had humor. Yeah. And like, you can't deny the fact that no matter what, Will Ferrell's fucking hilarious. Like, just looking at him just makes me happy. Yeah. He's an absolute freak.
1: And where, where it does get preachy, it's so obvious it's almost
0: like they take it to the edge where it's like you could find the humor in it even if they're not trying to be funny. You know yeah. what I mean?
1: Well, they can't be – they also can't be attacked for being like, oh, they're subliminally trying to teach a lesson. It's like, no, they just straight up said the lesson. They took the piss out of the lesson being taught, but they still made sure that you heard – and kids need to hear it straight up because yeah. kids don't really pick up on the intricacies. The other
0: thing that I did like was that whilst there is a corporate message here to sell merchandise – Mattel was able to be ridiculed. They had a sense of humor about the corporation, which I thought, you know, like obviously we're in this age where brands are always trying to have this funny... We saw it when threads happened and every brand's like trying to do memes. But like I did actually enjoy that for such a commercial... Yeah, you can't position. you
1: can't take that approach on TikTok and not let a movie do it the same. You have mm. to sort of be consistent. And that yeah. made it better. It made the brand feel self-aware. Yeah. And the funny thing is they can point out all these things, you know, like plastic in the world and all this stuff. Mm. And almost, once again, if you address it head on, it almost erases it more than if you didn't address it. Yeah. like which it is really kind of, weird.
0: It's almost like putting your cards on the table and then being like, you can't call me out for this because I'm self-aware slash accepting of it, which can be a really toxic trait, but like, you know. To, it's
1: a Trump model. Once yeah. again, Trump just Marketing genius, influencing everything in the world. Yeah.
0: Like obviously you don't have to agree with his politics to know that he's a if you attack, good and evil marketer. Because if
1: you attack someone and go, well, you're killing the world with plastic, they can be like, no, we addressed it. And then conversation done. Yeah. Whereas,
0: it's quite clever. It's almost even now that we're talking about it, I'm like, ooh, evil. it's even more sinister than I thought. No, it's very,
1: the whole movie had sinister tones. Yeah. I I reckon if you watch that if you're high, it would be crazy. Mm. Just like, wow, visually. But I reckon you would see a lot of weird undertones in the characters that mm. I wonder if Greta got deep with the psychedelics when she made any of this because mm. again with the Willy Wonka like Willy Wonka yeah, actually that's
0: pretty sinister
1: if you watch that as a kid
0: the original yeah
1: yeah the Gene Wilder yeah, one, yeah, yeah. Bit, the one like it's so well cool. it's
0: crazy that we go Gene Wilder Johnny Depp Timothy Chalamet like, like that's if you watch
1: if you watch the boat scene in Willy Wonka yeah like that's they're, they're, they're literally that's an acid trip yeah but if you're a kid it's a boat ride with
0: a scary boat with ride
1: with spirals and like yeah, yeah, yeah like it's pretty scary but it's also you don't know what that is and then when mm. you get older you're like oh it's a it's a psychedelic trip I'm trying to think of the scene I reckon the Kate McKinnon world rag- Weird Barbie Ragged Barbie or whatever she was called you no
0: know, weird Barbie
1: that little moment was pretty weird because she's also a yeah. comedian so she's also getting real Kay funny Kate
0: McKinnon's another person that she's got those crazy eyes that like instantly seeing her I'm in hysterics she's just, just so I funny you love every
1: time you see a picture of every her. time I see her she or just sends
0: just like the SNL cast they're just on one Gen X are just, yeah, out here you know what I mean? But yeah, we watched it with a bunch of our friends who, a bunch of them are actually parents, so a bunch of them actually fell asleep, which was pretty ironic because the babies weren't there
1: ironic and yeah. it was made for the baby they yeah yeah yeah. the baby wasn't there just, one of them come with the baby and the other one sleep mm, at home
0: yeah i mean look you have to have a social life and prioritize yourself <laughs> sometimes self-care etc but yeah the funniest part about all of this is there was a whole debate about oppenheimer and i even said i'd probably prefer to watch it and there was this whole thing of like which one's going to dominate and at the end of the day i still haven't seen it so, yeah. you know, I can fucking flex my letterbox account or whatever the fuck I want to do. But at the end of the day, like, Barbie won. I mean, to yeah. be honest, though, like, Barbie won because a social scenario happened where people had organized it and then asked us to attend and that was the prompt I needed mm. versus – and it's interesting because I was listening to Brett's pod the other day, name him every pod, etc. I feel like I have actually skipped a few pods without naming him. Sorry, Dad. He was talking about the movie experience and how he feels that whilst there's this, like, death of cinema – that is talked about with like let's say romantic dramas the coming of age film or whatever indie films and there's this dominance of like a marvel or commercial opportunity i think what he was saying was the cinema won't die though because the cinema will become even more experiential and what we experienced was like what the cinema is now, which is almost like a theme park. And we're going to see a lot more things like he was saying, there'll be merchandise available. Maybe there's, you know, you go to Disneyland and then like you've got all the characters in the costume and there's a lot of retail opportunity with the cinema experience. And I reference that specifically because, and as much as we don't want to hear it, like, like I said about Oppenheimer, I'll probably wait for that one to go to streaming. Yeah. And that's, what's really going to happen because the Barbie movie. And again, what Brad said was movies that are going to really succeed are ones that are an experience where you can go on a date you can have fun you can take your family and like i saw it especially in the philippines and also in america and i see it here where how many screens there are in a cinema how many of them are playing the big blockbuster release yeah
1: they're milking the moment as much as they can yeah the barbie moment doesn't come along ever
0: i don't know about that because i mean i'm I mean
1: dramatic but like it's very rare that a cinema sees a movie come through as someone who worked at cinema for three years
0: in a time before the marvel dominance though no it was happening at the time yeah it was
1: like everyone knows what the movie is that's coming you know so when i was at the cinema it was great gatsby yeah so that was the movie and it just was everywhere mm. it had the soundtrack it had the director it had everything and it just it got rinsed because the cinema I mean, the last
0: one that would have fell in that world, which again is still a blockbuster, but it's a little bit more like art because there's like a cultural, it was based on a book or whatever. And same with, I would say the same thing was Elvis. I mean, this is the Baz Baz effect. Yeah,
1: like they come along, but they're not in ratio to how many movies are actually coming out. Mm. These are the ones that Mm. this cinema relies on. So they're going to milk it and they know that people like me, Mm. potentially will go twice or three times because you're getting dragged along by another group of friends or you want to watch it again or you have a podcast and you're trying to psychoanalyze it again. So they're going to make so much out of this. I think Oppenheimer, it would be very fascinating, but it doesn't have the
0: same level of talkability. I think what also is another point, I actually remember this when Squid Games was like the thing and everyone was at home because of COVID and Squid Games was essentially like they got the attention that a film release would for a TV show and I remember talking to a friend who I was like you've got to watch this show it's great and her response was I don't want to watch that because reality's so bleak why would I want to escape into a world that is also bleak and I think that the whole like atomic bomb situation versus the escapism of Barbie and the aesthetics like yeah. you said
1: yeah it's giving climate change yeah yeah it's no like one wants to think you know about. it's
0: like you're getting told up front what it's going to be about but I'm like not everyone wants to stare into the darkness like I do No, so there's that as well
1: even though Barbie has sinister undertones yeah has sinister undertones but like that we can't discuss right now because we are the Illuminati
0: yeah and the other thing is like I think Christopher Nolan has a lot of pull but like Christopher Nolan plus the DC franchises has more pool. Yeah. So, you know, I can see how they would be put side by side. You know, you're like, I he's th- huge, Barbie's huge. There's a competition when, I don't know, it'd be interesting to look at the data now to see how it's, the sales are going. I'm ticket pr- sales.
1: pretty sure I heard that it's the same distributor mm, Interesting. So, that's
0: even more sinister so
1: it's just genius whether they came up with it or whether someone on tiktok came up with it it's that thing where like all the ships rise at the same time
0: yeah, yeah it, all
1: all the barbenheimer thing did was make both of them sell more tickets yeah it didn't you know the relative popularity i think would have been the same but instead of it rising to 10 feet mm. they both just wrote another extra three
0: you know this whole conversation about which one's going to win this is the battle and if the war is then the war on streaming versus the. Experience and who really wanted here because for a moment in time, people were leaving their house. They were paying for the tickets. Actually, to discuss the future of cinema in the way that Brett's saying it's going to be like a theme park, something that we did notice. When we were at this one, it was like the extreme screens. That's what it was. It mm. wasn't a super screen, whatever.
1: I think it was extreme, It there's no either. It's just it was ex-treme.
0: like X T R E E M extreme. <laughs> you know, like that vibe. It was when pretty we got extreme. there, it was really weird because we we're like, where is the staff? I swear I saw like three staff members for that many people. Yeah. And it was all like self-checkout vibes. Yeah. And very AI dystopian future. You even said at one point it's feels like Blade Runner. Yeah because it kind of happens like that with technology it's almost like it has to dip similar with the self checkouts and stuff at supermarket like a lot of people lose their jobs it's happening with like ai copywriters and etc people lose their jobs and then we'll see this like tech wave of like the robots win and then once it stabilizes then investment can be made into other areas so maybe the investment then becomes more experiential where now the job at hand is not just scooping the popcorn because that can be done by machine but it's the person wearing the barbie outfit taking photos with the kids at the cinema you know like stuff like that might happen it's a good idea yeah or like you know maybe there's less need for bartenders but there's more need for ushers because they need to fucking control this crowd the more mechanical stuff and then we can start to add the human experience in other places so it'll be yeah it was
1: pretty it was bleak yeah feeling (laughs) in there it felt like very sanitized and literally inhumane or, like, there was just no humans. The thing is, like, with self-serve, with self-serve checkouts, for example, mm. they're a godsend. Oh, I'll, I love, I love self-serve yeah, checkouts. Yeah. Like, what is I would
0: rather have someone help me in the aisle at a supermarket. What's your
1: favorite automation, do you think?
0: That's definitely one of them. Cause Cause I think oh, actually, the one at Unicode is the most elite that I've seen. That one's very good. That one, you don't even have to scan it. It just scans it for you. Crazy. I
1: don't know why they don't all bring that in. You just drop it in the box and it's scanned.
0: Like yeah, I guess it's a certain technology that you need. Like Japan's very progressive. Well, with that this kind is of always stuff. like
1: we're getting more, we're installing more cameras. Like we have, you know, new AI sensors. And I'm like, just fucking talk to Uniqlo. They figured it out. Obviously, It'd be interesting obviously if it bananas and shit yeah. you need to weigh. But obviously, it all sucks when people lose their jobs. But in terms of just being a normal person who lives in the world, who's just trying to do my thing, mm. that, that's the one that I've just used the most seamlessly and gone, great, perfect. Never, mm. I didn't need someone to do this in the first place. Also, I've found now that more automation has come along and Aldi is more mm. prolific. Do you find your people IGAs now don't even offer to fill your bags anymore, because we're all like conditioned now to just fill our own bag.
0: I do not spend that much time in supermarkets. I like to get the fuck <laughs> out of there, so I wouldn't be the best person to ask, but it's probably a I find. It's almost
1: like part of me doesn't – I don't do those big, you know, family of five shops. It's almost like I don't want the person to fill my bag. Like, I know where I, what I want.
0: That's the most genius thing. It's the Ikea model of when they sell your independence back to you, where it's like, this is what you fought for. You wanted your fucking freedom. You <laughs> wanted your independence. Now you do it yourself.
1: Really? They're just there for security. Really? Like- well,
0: that's the other thing when you were saying the Uniqlo thing and the, the supermarket thing of like, Wooly's mentality is we're installing more cameras so that like we can surveil this yeah. versus the Uniqlo model of let's give you a really good experience across the board so that you don't want to steal from here. Because why would you do that yeah. if it's your favorite store? You yeah. know what I mean? Well, they
1: still. the thing is they still check you at the exit yeah yeah but
0: see how there's a trust model where it doesn't start with feel yeah it starts with what a great experience and then conditioning you in a different kind of way
1: yeah it's the same thing with booze buses there's not booze buses and rbt's covering every road during every public holiday but mm. if they declare that it's happening across the weekend you know like the double demerits if they're like triple demerits this weekend yeah. it's more like the fear of what could happen that gets in everyone's mind which is mm. pretty again sinister is the theme maybe you just call this pod sinister
0: yeah well another thing is okay we're talking surveillance let's talk hot girl summer so it's obviously not something here it's almost actually the end of winter in australia but um we did not do hot girl summer apparently there's i don't know how long it's been around it's nothing new but I just wanted to refer to it as rat Girls somewhere where, I don't know if it's everywhere but apparently in New York it's a thing the reason I paid attention and wanted to address it today I was talking to Hugsy the other day who's been living in New York whatever and he posted some story of a rat in the sewer yeah in you know the subway or whatever and i was like yuck still traumatized so last year when we were in new york
1: what's the deal with that am i right
0: yeah what's the deal with that so last year when we were in new york i had a situation where we were leaving a party i went walking these two fucking rats <laughs> ran out and i saw them run and then like i think i've told this story before it doesn't matter i saw them run you saw them run i kind of was doing that nonchalant thing we, we, were, were, on a, a party. we were on a
1: concrete pathway on either side there was kind of like those little city shrubbery mm. moments mm. you know and i was on the edge and i could see you're in the big apple so you're like mm. rats rats are a thing here yeah it's chill it's like so cockroaches i can see, in Sydney. yeah literally i can see rats like bouncing across i'm like Mm. but they're they're in the bush and i'm like this is really chat but i'm just gonna move away silently and Mm. then you tell the next part yeah well
0: then (laughs) i saw them in the side of my eyes and i was like be cool be fucking cool not in my nature to be cool like I'm normally quite anxious I saw a couple run past and I was like don't react it's not worth it like this is normal this is how you act like a local you know what I mean
1: and the crowd is pretty it's a pretty like fashion crowd yeah
0: yeah Like young
1: kind of just going to a party yeah yeah we're
0: all just chilling and I was like don't react saw a couple run past didn't think much of it this is the problem when you let your guard down and I'm all like (laughs) be cool be cool the
1: apathy is high in the crowd like everyone everyone's everyone's general vibe is nothing phases them so Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is why.
0: So then what happens is, I don't know if they smelt A rat. it on me or something. Yeah, but like the ironic thing is that I've been wearing my stray rats rat girl hat. Mm-hmm. Not at the time, but I'd been wearing it in the lead up to this moment. I don't know if they sniffed that on me or what happened, but these rats, two rats, appear out of the fucking drains, whatever's going on, run through the crowd, and I'm being like, just keep walking act chill don't worry about it run directly over my shoe whip me in my fucking ankle and move on and i'm just like you know people start screaming i scream a little like bit like
1: a lasso with the tail yeah yeah
0: well i got fucking humbled at you that had moment. a
1: rat you had a rat ankle bracelet for yeah. a second
0: high alert so that happened and it was a real big trust issue moment like you know if you ever had a cockroach fly at you which you have in sydney yeah it's kind of never the same after that. It's like you know that the darkness exists. I
1: was also with Hugsy that night.
0: <laughs> All right, I'm seeing a fucking trend here. Hugsy,
1: what do you uh, Yeah, what, what kind up of to? hex
0: what hex have you got on you? Anyway, how's this? I see the rat on his story. Reply kind of be like, the fuck, yuck. I remember the rat girl moment. He said, Holy shit, I had a similar experience like a month ago. Apparently, broad daylight, a rat landed on his shoe, sat there for a whole two seconds, I so counted out. One, two. And it feels like more feels like more at the time. Let's not fucking kid Two ourselves. Mississippi's. Yeah. So, you're standing in broad daylight and this fucking rat just, like, staunches you out. This is, like, you're its throne. That's You've bad. been, like, subbed at that point. That really bad. Yeah. So, that was just something that happened. I was like, you are the rat girl now. So, and
1: he had a rat on his samba.
0: Yeah. It's probably a samba. Let's not lie.
1: And what did he do? That was it. He and didn't I, kick it.
0: I don't fucking know. I didn't ask him more questions. I was too modified. I
1: don't modified. would freak out he would just no like, he'd be cool he'd he let let should shit, know by he'd now let that shit just mosey on off
0: well anyways moral of the story is that happened it <laughs> happened to me it's crazy that you said that thing about the cockroach and he was there as well like i don't know what i'm seeing patterns but the moral of the story is that's why i thought of the rat girl thing so the whole rat girl thing if you haven't heard of it is essentially it's like living like a rat being out in the streets eating what you want which i feel like is a really hedonism call it
1: reminds me in that movie sorry that show animorphs
0: it was a book series turned into a tv show
1: if someone had to be an animorph as a rat i i think someone not to do Yeah, with i think
0: th- there was one that was a rat
1: yeah nothing to do with their physical appearance but i would i almost give like julia fox some like rat status
0: she's a rat girl though
1: yeah she
0: i mean especially after the house tour <laughs> well there was that obviously where she said she just lets those m- she did say she lets the rats rock
1: i could see her like the depths of night just i mean the equivalent of that is
0: her affinity to salem in and she's a new yorker yeah and she's a new yorker well it's funny because um when that salem show happened i plunged into the depths of thirst and went on a spiral and then i was reposting some of her pictures she had one with john one with jack that she clearly called him a friend which i thought was hilarious posted them and then saw her very early on watch my story and then i had to delete because i was she was so embarrassed
1: what animal do you think you would be not and this is not physical it's more what sort of energy are you taking uh, a bat, and that's because of my vampire totally shit. A bat, for sure yeah
0: for sure i like nocturnal like bloodsuckers whatever
1: yeah, and i could see you transforming into the bat as well yeah of, like hunched over and then you're like spread out yeah i like on. i said
0: like emo batman i what very much I relate am? that um like a golden retriever <laughs> Yeah, Yeah. with the fucking handkerchief. Yeah, yeah, some shit like that. Anyways, I just want to shout out, this is not the best segue, but... Our sponsor? No, actually, (laughs) I want to shout out Angus Cloud because very sad to see that he's no longer with us which does put the future of Euphoria into question. Not that it's just about Euphoria, but like obviously they had positioned him as like a main character in the show. Like as much as we talk about Nepo Baby, Maud Patel, and Lexi kind of moving into the forefront, Angus Cloud was kind of, he was already a key character with his friendship with Rue, but like he was really positioned in the last season of Euphoria. And now he's no longer with us. Really sad because obviously if you know the story, his dad had passed away, I think it was a week or so before. And then you know he was no longer with us so yeah I, I've been seeing all of the posts from the Euphoria cast about it really sad times but you know this is what happens this is the reality of life so we'll see we'll see where the what the future holds for that show and hopefully his family and friends are doing all right me it's gone news reporter mode on yeah well I just wanted to just like give him some time like I loved him as Vez yeah I thought he and also as a person like because if you think about him like in North Hollywood yeah he just he was like the biggest chiller, and I always see people post about him. How he's just like the dude, yeah. and even like brand deals wise, I remember he was kind of on the table to work with brands and stuff. And he did have a yeah. funny
1: kind of every post on his Instagram was a brand partnership. Pretty yeah, much. and I was like, get the bag, Betty and pulled, I like he pulled it off. Yeah, he yeah. was getting it. I remember even saying it a few weeks ago, I was saying he's just capitalizing on this moment in his life. Unfortunately, yeah. he has died, but it's creepy as well because he's very similar. In presentation was very Mac Miller. And yeah. They're, and they're very close in age, and it's, yeah. you know. Pretty Devo. Another one.
0: Yeah, another um, one, hey. Something that you spiraled into the other day, which was a bit random, and maybe this is off the back of the whole like trash bag indie sleaze kind of the dare conversation that we've been having a lot. But you were playing Bloody Beetroots, which you know I wasn't mad because I actually love the Bloody Beetroots. Yeah. It, the thing is, it started there, and I was like on board. And then next minute, now we're watching YouTube videos that are way too fucking long with Dead Mouse.
1: Yeah. This is my music upbringing.
0: Yeah, and like I, I like that you were like kind of going into the nostalgia of it all, and like, but this video that you showed me <laughs> was so brutal as an episode. So apparently, I don't know what year it was. Do you remember what year it was? What are we, which one are we talking about? The coffee one, the coffee <laughs> run. Dead and mouse. And yeah, so it was Dead before Mouse's coffee run. Yeah, so it was before um, role model did one, and it was before Jerry Seinfeld did it, and before Carpool I mean, no, Karaoke. I, it's
1: a pretty obvious concept, I guess, but Dead Mouse was there first. Yeah, and, and this like, like he nine was these years ago.
0: Full on, like hour-long episodes. Thing really is, they weren't
1: happening. even at that time. There was no YouTube was semi-established. Mm, and he, so it's like, early days. And Deadmau5 is always kind of in the he was always the guy that would do the things the tech stuff first you know mm, he, he, I you mean know. yeah like like recently kind of, he was you know all about the NFTs and stuff yeah like I knew three. it I knew you were gonna say NFTs
0: because like in that video at one point Dylan Francis was in the car and then another point like Strillo's got in the car yeah. as well so he
1: used to do this thing called Coffee Run where and he's been rich forever like he's been fucking loaded you know since I got into his music and he also has a thing called the Ferrari which is like a cat so cursed like a full-on nine cat fucking meme cat oh yeah, like, yeah 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 yeah. 8-bit like one oh
0: yeah yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Nyan Cat. Nyan Cat. Is that how you say it? I think he turned... I think it was that cat. He turned his Ferrari into that. Like, he fitted it out, made it look like Rainbow style. So, then he called it that. It's like the Ferrari or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, he would just you know drive down with the roof off and pick up the at the time because EDM was blowing up he would drive around with
0: was it in Vegas or something where were they where, where, he oh was he in was in Toronto Toronto, in that, but so. he
1: would do this wherever he was yeah he can't and he can bring his car or he would just have the car in one place and somehow it's you know you know, it's yeah, it's And then yeah. he would just drive around with a famous producer at the time. And then this time was pretty big because at the time, Dylan Francis and Skrillex were in that, you know, they're blowing up phase. Mm. And then Dead Mouse was kind of the goat at that time. I so. guess at
0: this time is probably when Dylan Francis bought all his Bitcoin. Yeah. Because that's the time. Probably. Like that it made a lot of sense. Like when the NFT wave was happening, it made sense that a lot of these EDM producers had been buying up because like, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're digital nomads. I think 2013
1: from memory was the time that they all did that Must which would have been fucking lit, where i mean i don't know what the update
0: is on where bitcoin sits now but if they did cash out in that recent boom yeah And not that they need it like i mean looking at this i was like they were talking about like gambling and yeah. like how much they throw down on the table
1: yeah well like dylan would have been Probably like 23 yeah. and just loaded. You know. Yeah, and Skrillex would have been similar age. Yeah, true. Just, yeah, but Coffee Run, Dead Mouse Bloody beach Roots, Skrillex, Dylan France He made a called called do you Yeah, F- do that? I know about do you remember that. Yeah, which is I guess comes from the reggaeton. I guess. I yeah. I guess it's reggaeton inspired. I mean, this
0: is the same time that like yeah, Diplo is kind of dominating at this point. Major Lazer was like yeah. huge. Yeah. I was very in the journalism era of my writing career. Yeah, I
1: was like freshly out of high school, so it was like yeah. party. It was like party 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 and then...
0: yeah. I actually interviewed Dylan Francis once <laughs> it was a phone interview and um, I talked to him purely about Instagram personalities because he was doing all the different memes so he had like DJ Hansel One Deeper and yeah. all that shit Becky or that's whoever. pretty ahead of his time as well. yeah Having, like, like, like I gotta pull it up I think it's on my website somewhere I pulled it up and
1: like... he had the website yeah 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 where he'd sell experiences he yeah like, he's, come to he your, was a wild I'll come DJ your house for like 50 grand
0: I remember seeing him at Big Day Out I was with Sean he just had all these emojis Lots of different emoji kind of yeah. things as his visuals because he was just yeah, like the yeah, meme yeah. lord. You know, I guess he kind of paved the way for a lot of artists, like the fishes of the world. Totally. and He's like, pretty funny. Like I said, he'd be fun to hang out with and then he'd be really annoying. Yeah. Like he'd he seemed chill.
1: He really cracked the code early and just said, fuck it. Because I think it that was. That record
0: with Teed, though, that was the one for me. Mm. Like, Teed came back recently, right?
1: Yeah. I like Teed. I like Teed. Yeah. Teed as well at that time. Different yeah. sort of genre, but similar time frame and then flume and then mm. you know the flostradamus and who else isn't that so like the bower yeah
0: like because i was really into soundcloud at that time and on twitter being annoyed on twitter and I, inter- I interviewed a shitload of these artists actually like a lot of it was through acclaim and a bunch of other publications but i aggregated them to my website recently just because formatting changes in websites don't worry i credited where the, the source code is yeah but Archive. you know. Yeah, I had to. I did read back some of them and it was pretty interesting. Like, because I've always interviewed people with the idea that I love to talk to people about like the human. Side of things, like what are your anxieties essentially, or like what is your how do you feel about fame and yeah. stuff that ne- I know I like. I found it really boring after a while having to even just write the intro about like I talked to my friend Beck about this, but it's like having to write yet another bio for a bedroom producer was just like soul destroying at some point because I'm like, how much can I say? Like now I'm just getting into lots of different descriptive words about like, yeah, textures of sound, yeah, lush. yeah, like lush beats. I mean, did you have a playlist at Inertia called that?
1: Yeah, yeah, everyone's mashing organic with Like
0: the new version of that is the hashtags that happen, like fashion hashtags or hashtags on TikTok you know like Depop at the moment I think there's one like Grunge Y2K or some shit you know whipsy Goth etc like back then it was like the subgenres one of my favourite YouTube series was the Red Bull hashtag series and it kind of went into these subgenres and I thought it was really sick
1: it's just crazy to think about the platforms that these are all happening because at the time like Facebook had its moment YouTube SoundCloud Facebook were the ones and then and and Twitter I guess because now Instagram is just so every artist you speak to it's always Instagram Yeah. Instagram for me Instagram.
0: is just like everyone's .com now, you know? It's there's like the .com. Room.
1: There's something about Instagram that it has like a light feeling but it seems to present so much at the same time which i think is why so many artists gravitate towards it well
0: it's interesting because i really was like you know especially during covid and when tiktok kind of happened i was like instagram's dead i was also deactivated on there because i was just so fucking bored of the same people and then i think as i've noticed that all these other platforms started to pop off i found myself back on instagram the way i would have used facebook where i'm just like this is a nice safe space for people I know, especially because my main account is my burner accounts. So it's yeah. like, you know, 300 people or some shit that I really know or like I'm acquainted, you know, and it kind of feels nice to be in a place like that because sometimes in a public space like a YouTube or a TikTok where you have this like organic ability to reach like lots of people, mm. it does make me feel a bit unsafe because I have experience going viral for, yeah. and it can be really scary. So it, sometimes I, I like the way that you get limited on Instagram, even though it's like from a growth perspective, it's not ideal because like you're kind of just talking to the same people but Mm. i'm like
1: but if you pop off it's it's so easy to just fall into your sort of web well
0: i also think it's like you have to like put more work in to build that community and i actually value for myself versus when i work on commercial projects for brands and other people like my commercial mindset is like use all the awareness channels that can help you grow but for myself i'm like i really like staying niche i would rather have like 100 true fans that actually want to read my writing or hear me talk shit versus like being scared around all the strangers that may just roast me yeah. and not in a funny way like in a mean way
1: i was thinking about the other day i saw someone posting it was some um, Frooms, and she yeah. posted a carousel of quite good memes
0: yeah she's pretty fucking funny
1: and it just made me realize that some people same with throwing fits if you post a good carousel of memes basically curating memes because mm. you can't see the shares or anything but mm-hmm. i was thinking with that carousel she posted i was like this is guaranteed going to be shared stray people whether they follow her or not are going to see this carousel share it it was an interesting way to think about growing channels where you know you're curating the internet is interesting
0: well like I always take that approach I mean particularly for us who are quite behind the scenes like us doing this pod now is like a way to be public facing where we still talk about the same shit we would do behind the scenes you know like a lot of the stuff we do talk about like this right now is how I talk to suits but like you can present it in a different way like I've started adding memes into our videos because I fucking shit post memes All the time in all different kinds of places, whether it's in the dark, in the DMs, or if it's through burner accounts, or if it's through my main burner account, I love curating memes in that way.
1: Good name for a book? Behind the Scene Girl.
0: I feel like that would have already been taken, but if it's not, shock on.
1: It's good, right? Yeah. yeah.
0: I mean, I've had this idea for a book that I haven't written yet.
1: I do come up with good names. Yeah.
0: You are great at that. And like, even with some of the writing I'm doing, sometimes when I read you excerpts and stuff, it, it is nice to to, Yeah. You'll just like have this <laughs> other brain. It's good. From, I can just drop yeah. it and leave. Yeah. Yeah. And you kind of just like, what have you thought about this? It's more like a consultant.
1: I do consult. So... Yeah. Um, yeah. Same. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Let's fucking, Sales pitch. Let's fucking oh. go. Which that's another... I think I might have tangent in this before, but I don't love people saying let's fucking go or lfg
0: oh no you've talked about this uh, yeah I, th-
1: I mean i think I are lost in the void you don't see me going to the void very often yeah yeah that's true that's true lfg let's fucking go don't like it
0: no no i no, don't Bit like it i mean it's like how you said the other day you didn't like when i said to and i was like i did not make Delulu that up
1: sucks yeah riz i like riz
0: riz was chill there are certain words though that like are very trend oriented and then there's ones that just fucking stick like lit has stuck
1: yeah travis scott still says lit and it still doesn't feel wrong, even though the album apparently was mid.
0: Yeah, I still haven't given it proper ears. Um, I did listen to the George Clanton album the other day and an interesting point that you said about because McCullough was like, perfect album. Yeah. And I was like, alright, I actually really like his music and I love that he's a bit of a like Oliver Tree main lord and yeah. he's like in well, the I, Gex world.
1: The thing is, I've come in with his main song and doesn't have any irony to it. It's just a good... That's
0: song. the thing, his music doesn't have irony.
1: I, To be honest, I haven't even seen the Oliver Tree Part of him. i haven't, oh, dug, you haven't seen. I haven't even dug that deep. No, so as far meanwhile. as I'm concerned, he's just like a cool artist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So
0: no, I guess the interesting point you made the other day was you listened to it before I listened to it, yeah. and now that I have, it's like there's no irony in the music, which I actually enjoy. That fact, and I love how he presents. It's like if you saw me on this pod. And then you actually saw my work ethic, you'd be like, I wouldn't have expected that from you because you're kind of a bit of a mess publicly. You know what I mean? Like that was the vibe. So I was kind of like, I appreciate this. But I, one thing you did flag was, I think it was a disservice to himself that he named the album. I, I don't even want to say it. I think it's like, oh, yeah, I rap or some shit like that. Yeah. I can't it, even you, remember. Like, I rap, yeah.
1: You make like this body of work, which you can Well, just,
0: like, McCullough was like, when she sold it into me when I first listened to him. It's a great at album. It's well, really she was good. like, "He's doing the Manchester sound very well."
1: Yeah, yeah, it's really good. But the name of the album sucked.
0: Yeah, oh man, and which is
1: classic Edge shit. Yeah, today, yeah, yeah, But I don't think he's being edgy with it. It's actually a lyric because I
0: have heard it him saying it in. My yeah, but song. out of all the lyrics, that's the one you were. With that's with what him. I mean. I'm like,
1: this is just the worst name. Like, if I like, share it's, it's it, crazy
0: because his like label it is with Nicky Jemmy or whatever is called 100% Electronica. That's a great name, and it's so obvious. And what it's a, it, is. it is what it is. And you look at it and you're like, this is that's great. That's
1: what I mean. And I shared it on my. I remember sharing the album my story and I just looked at the name and I was like oh it's just it doesn't speak to what the album is and if you are trying to be discovered i mean not everything's about just hacking the algorithm and trying to
0: well this is the thing in one way it's like memes do crack the algorithm a lot of the times so in a meme-ish way it could work and then in another way it's almost like self-sabotage of i don't want to be commercial i want to stay indie but then it's like do you want to stay indie it's hard to know it's hard to know where he kind of says i don't think that he is trying to be like the most commercial artist i think that they're building a very strong community because it's crosses over with like the dare frost yeah. children guys so on um, the festival they do like even picture plane was on there so like there's this strong title was like witch house as well yeah. and like that particular era of electronic music dos was on there you know it's a very early SoundCloud energy maybe even like a bit of band camp going on
1: if you're gonna go in that direction someone like glaive or the 1975 they call their titles like i think glaive's album is i hate you so much i don't hate you at all or something like that mm. and it's so ridiculously long well it's you like know, being
0: funny in a foreign language yeah
1: or a brief inquiry into online relationship if yeah. you're going to do it go for it but, but you're also going to remember don't that make it sound like it literally all I can think of now is Kumbaya that's yeah. the, that's what the album but I, I guess the like difference between Glaive
0: 1975 versus George Clanton is Glaive and the 1975 are both Signed to Interscope Which don't forget The Interscope is like The home to lots of different artists But mm. like more recently Olivia Rodrigo Billie Eilish yeah. Like these are not small artists
1: Calling her shit sour Or you know guts. But That's a different strategy Sour guts. Yeah. That's the Obviously the A plus Example of calling your album That thing Doing all your thing in lowercase mm. It all says so much I just think if you're an artist And you've just made this Fucking 12 song album And all the song titles Are pretty cool Don't fuck up the album title And don't yeah. s- Don't self-sabotage
0: yeah like i get it but it's like i think as a body of work i always find this for myself this is why i archive a lot of stuff and i've gotten better at not but like i remember you said to me once when i was like wanting to do a pod yet another pod during covid yeah and i'd sat there and did a brainstorming of like things i would want to call it and i ended up being like you know i'm just going to start doing it and then i'll see what makes sense and angel fire made sense the tie back is if you are an early internet gremlin like me angel fire was my first publishing platform where i started writing and making websites and it's very internet core and then the angel fired it's like fallen angel shit you know i'm into the fucking dark lord so that's that but like there were some wild names that i came up with at that time where i remember you said to me is that the kind of thing that you would be proud of if you randomly talked to someone at a party like is that something you would get behind and you wouldn't cringe at yourself later yeah, and that's yeah. kind of the mentality where i'm like there's a point where you can be a meme lord and there's a point where the future you might not like that at all and there's no timelessness to it he's Music sounds timeless.
1: The problem with yeah being online all the time is that it's like the "let's fucking go" thing. Or mm. there's so many words that get said digitally mm. that you never say with your mouth to someone out loud if he was to come up to someone and be like they're like or if he's in doing media and it's a video interview and they go oh this is george clanton and his new album and then every interview is going to stutter because they're going to oh rap or something and then he's going to go say and then it's that's going to be so stuttery well i it's think it's awkward. like a bit of a
0: self-deprecating thing but again it, my first reaction is like i always talk shit on this but like adm producers soundcloud producers like you're already a hot boy it's usually a guy and it's like, do you really need to pull the most ugliest face <laughs> so that you don't get cringed out? Cause it's almost like if I do this silly pose, yeah. then no one can like call me out. Flume is very guilty of this. Yeah, yeah. It's just one of those things where I'm like, that's what it makes you've me You've officially of. been
1: called out by us. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. They, and they, you know
0: I, We love George Clancy. I'm really sad that we didn't get to go cause yeah. we planned to go with McCullough. I
1: mean, at the end of the day, who gives a shit? doesn't yeah. matter. But I just think it's...
0: It's an interesting choice.
1: Speaking of these boys, I feel like you've become a dare sympathizer. <laughs> Okay, w- I are you I was to move, are you already to admit, I, to admit yeah, it? Yeah, yeah
0: No, I, I am simping I don't give a shit Because here's the thing I already defended it at the start And it had We've talked about We've talked about yeah. When it was happening And all the pelvic we, yeah, exactly. we were so on board with it Because I thought it was a great song I liked the proposition But I hadn't bought into the artist yet <laughs> I was then, already here for And then I saw Like I'd seen pictures of him <laughs> And I was like He's cute That's it But then I actually watched the whole Like Throwing Fits episode with the Dare Yeah Because they unlocked it Or whatever the fuck happened
1: You heard it And you saw the snippet
0: And I saw the snippet And at first it was like, this is fucking enemies to lovers trope shit. He basically straight up called out girlies that wear docks. And I was like, not that I just wear docks, but I was like, oh, this is me. And I, I was no, like, now I'm intrigued.
1: You're not a doc wearer. Like, everyone's got a leather shoe that they wear. You're I not, do. You're not like, I
0: have my knee-high docs.
1: Yeah, but you're not stomping around. No, I don't. Fitzroy I'm generally often.
0: wearing sneakers or loafers. Yeah. Moral of the story, it was like, that caught my attention. So, and right, I was so like, what was...
1: They asked him what. They, they were like,
0: what <laughs> do girls wear that like instantly like... Turn in, off. Yeah, like instant turn off. It was just like And he docks. said... Doc, straight up. Yeah. And then and he then said
1: it gives. What was the shirt you referenced?
0: It's giving like tapestry on the wall, Joy Division <laughs> yeah, shirt. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, and not in the Joy Division. Tumblr
1: like, kind of like, yeah, Tumblr like classic board, scene classic, girl yeah, yeah. on
0: Tumblr, which I, again, I feel attacked. But, you know, like, I've evolved from that place. I still always wear band shirts. Like, I mean, if I'm fucking wearing Ethel Kane hoodie right now. I love wearing merch, but like, it is what it is. Anyways, he said that. And then I listened to the whole episode <laughs> and. Like, big reveal when I did say on the pod the other week about how I was like a dumbass just walking around the street smiling to myself. What I didn't mention, and this doesn't actually have to anything to do with me smiling, I was actually just smelling the roses and being like, life's good, which was a big smelling, change.
1: Smelling the roses or smiling at the roses?
0: Yeah, either or. What were you doing? Uh, I didn't see any roses. But anyways, moral of the story is that <laughs> I was smiling out there by myself like a lunatic. What was playing in my AirPods was actually that episode of throwing fits and i was like "Ah, look you're pretty
1: you don't let everyone in you know no and i
0: don't and i have trust issues in a lot of ways when it comes to artists i often get catfished even by commercial ones even though i have an eye for stuff like this particularly with marketing look it takes a few touch points and then for me to get obsessed not obsessed but like you know for me to become a fan there's like the different types of fandoms where there's the hype I feel like my fandom with Olivia Rodrigo was really short-lived I still fuck with her and I love Olivia but like I was obsessed at the start and I really felt like that was the hype machine going like I just couldn't look away and then now I don't turn to her versus someone that I would like consider myself a diehard for to enter the point where you're even in the consideration. and I'd say with modern artists particularly there are certain artists that I'm really bought into and like they always kind of sit within the same world similar to how I feel about Salem like the garden is one of those acts like therefore I like like puzzle and enjoy side projects. I love Cowgirl Clue, same world. This is why I'm fucking with George Clanton as well because that world all intersects. So the 100% electronica intersects with the garden world and same with, you know, Caroline Polachek. even though I like chairlift, she really took a while for me to get completely won over. I was like always kind of a low key fan, but for me to buy in the way I have, it took a lot of touch points for me to get there. I think the Dare is someone that what I appreciate, especially outside of the, I love that song, the touch points that tip me over, There was the Throwing Fits podcast, but before that happened, you actually showed me his previous projects. Turtlenecked, Turtleneck And that is literally How I bought in Because I thought it before Because my initial reaction To The Dare Was like Mid 2000s You know He even said The Rapture is like His number one In terms of reference point And I was like I see it so high But when I loved The Rapture It was because The Rapture Reminded me of the No New York Kind of no wave Post-punk scene Of earlier New York So I was like Oh yeah You can listen to The Fire Engines And you can kind of Hear The Rapture It's like Death From Above There was a lot of bands Like in that era That like reminded me Of like earlier bands that i really like and i could see that in him as the dare but then hearing turtleneck i was like holy shit you're actually a music head because my first initial reaction to hearing that turtleneck release was this sounds like James White and the Blacks or James Chance and the Contortions, which is, you know, that's a big band. Well, two bands, because he did do two. That was a big artist to me from that era. And when I was in the mid-2000s when I or the early 2000s, I was really into that scene. I just remember living in that moment and clubbing and DJing and, like, that was my shit. And I think knowing that he had that as well made me respect him mm. as a music curator and a music yeah. head.
1: He also scrapes in, I think, Maybe just as a millennial with his age. Yeah, because he's 27. A young millennial. Which That's the thing, I think he... He's like got the references that so many people... You know, I someone who's three years younger than him just won't have well he
0: made a really interesting point that i appreciated because they were asking him like who are your references they made him like rank a bunch and when he said the rapture thing i thought that was really interesting because naturally being in new york like he's not from new york he grew up in the pacific northwest maybe seattle or something oh, Did he? yeah yeah he's not actually a native to new york i think he moved when he was in college or after college True. so turtleneck was like his college band mm. so then he did the whole like move to new york classic, classic. yeah that's why he posted that fucking money oh, and from new york, yeah mine and Charlie and girls like it's like that thing where you moved you did that with Melbourne it's like you move because you had this city dream I moved from the suburbs but it's a similar thing you weren't born and raised in the city most people aren't unless you're really wealthy or a Nepo baby or whatever he made an interesting point that like you know obviously the Velvet Underground would be in that list obviously Lou Reed would be in that list like it's always in that list and it was for me as well but then he was like I love the rapture but for a certain age demographic of people that weren't at the club or didn't have older siblings or had no reference points to get there he was like it's actually a deep cut like a lot of people are comparing him or have compared him to LCD Sound System which he was like "Yeah, that's actually even that's an obvious reference because of how big they are like they've yeah. got that legacy-ness to them Yeah. but then he was like you know the Rapture has a legacy but it's not the same as like they haven't it's like that. if you had the
1: compilation or the playlist of the era it's the ones that would be sitting kind of in the middle two or three is those sort of semi-hits that you would yeah. know but they don't have the name recognition of LCD
0: yeah it Exactly, they don't have the... Your parents know about them as well. Yeah, you but know, have I mean? the
1: songs that were just the big songs at the time. You know, they, and they probably got synced in like an Apple ad or some shit. You know? Well,
0: they also don't have DFA records. You know what I mean? Like, they don't yeah. have that like full on industry ladies They don't have the restaurant. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if you were there, like if you were in the blogger era or the club era that I grew up in, you would fucking know the Rapture. Like, it's not a question. It's like the Meet Me in the Bathroom thing. Like when we watched that at the film festival, whatever. I was like, I remember posting about it after we left because we had to get separated seats because there. Was only two seats left or something they weren't sitting together and I remember watching it and leaving being like that was the kind of film documentary that really helped me not feel mortified at myself for those years which I there was a long time in my life after my clubbing era where I was almost like ashamed of like my behaviors or like who I was or friendships relationships that had fallen apart like I was just really shameful about that era and then it's only more recently as i've stepped further away from it that i've started to look at it with nostalgia that's not like i want to go back there but like i can appreciate the good stuff and how much fun i had and i was even saying that dj thing it's like djing was part of that i was like i don't even want to think about it like i just makes me sick
1: i do have a theory about nostalgia though i don't think it's funny to look back on that era and be nostalgic about it but we're already looking back you know even the way we looked at the EDM Bloody Beatrice thing or even if you look back to SoundCloud Rap or even after SoundCloud Rap when it was post SoundCloud Rap where it was, you know, reading that Atlanta book. It was, you know, the early days of Lil Baby and Thug and Thug, just like as if I'm associates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, there's... I mean,
0: you did see him play live before uh, he got locked up. But I
1: think nostalgia is... People now are like, oh, there's no... You know, everything's so mishmash now. Like, what are we going to look back on now? But the thing is, every era... There seems to be something to look back on. Everyone's always criticizing the moment, but then you give it three or five years and all of a sudden it's like, oh, remember 2023 when Hyperpop was a thing. It's sort of, you know, when Fred again was a thing and then everyone started doing the electronic thing. Like, I think people just fiend for that. Everyone wants to have a moment. Everyone wants to be living in an era. And everyone wants to everyone but this is that be...
0: similar quote to Andy from The Office when he said, I wish I knew in the good old days that these were the good old days.
1: Yeah. Ironically, these are the good old days.
0: Yeah. I was very closed-minded in a lot of ways with like putting parameters on things. So like, you know, I also did have a strong era in the punk scene. That was an interesting scene for me because it was very boxed in in the way that if you were punk, you had to live and die by like these rules. What was interesting for me is that when I was in my punk era, like the way I crossed over was how heavily involved I was in the club. So, you know, I was running into the main room and like this electronic stuff and New Rave and Bloghouse and all that stuff was actually part of my world. Even if it wasn't the music I was playing when I was DJing or whatever, it's like, you know, I might be a huge birthday party stan but at the same time, I fucking love Justice and I think that kind of freed me to feel like I could belong in all these different spaces. What I love about that era and I think this is just my general ode to the club and the freedom that comes with that is that it had a lot of river experimentation in terms of like finding yourself and where you fit and also understanding that like you can fit Right. Everywhere.
1: Not to get sort of health and wellness and, you know, spiritual on it. But if you don't live in this moment now, in this scene that you're in, or, you know, if you don't have fun, not just create memories for yourself, but understand that the scene you're in or the environment, whether it's digital or physical or both, you need to create memories. You need to scratch the surface now mm. and put the flagpole down. Because living in the past or thinking about the future and how you're going to look back on the past, I think it's a trap. And this is the problem with the internet as it currently is, everything's so self Referential where you know it's like when you go out and you everything's captured on camera, you make your little videos and all that stuff, and it's like that's great. But sometimes it's important to just live in the now, and you don't always have to have it all figured out, you can just exist. But if you're not having fun or you're not pursuing something and just enjoying that process, you don't want to have that regret of being like, Oh, I was always thinking about the past and the
0: future. This girl that I follow and follow for a while, Steak, Insta Steak on Instagram, she posted it's not a meme. But but it was one of those, it's drawn like a meme. And it was essentially like, you need to make time for wellness, whatever that means. Because I also took it as like mental health. Yeah. You make space for your wellness now or you will be forced to make space for your illness yeah and i was like that exactly. it was really prolific in the way that i think so far into the future that i become overwhelmed and anxious yeah. you know and then if you look too far into the past that you become depressed because you feel like there's a sense of loss yeah. or yearning to go back where you can't and there's a line in on on Till may by pierce the veil there's this line where he's like you're just wasted in thinking about the past again darling it'll be okay and i was like i don't drink now but like even without drinking, I am definitely cursed by thinking about the past and like almost torturing myself over things I could have done, should have done, could have done better, should have done better. There's well, the- a thing where it's like it can become really destructive if you wallow for too long, which yeah. is that whole thing with the void.
1: Because there's the impending doom of climate change on everyone, I think everyone thinks that there's this finish line that's going to happen so soon, so therefore... If you just live in the moment you're in and again, I'm not trying to be all like spiritual on it but if you're just grateful for what you're doing and what you have and if you need to make a change as well obviously not everyone's always on the right path every second. I'm not saying I am either but make the changes you need to make to make sure you're having fun and not like frivolous fun where you're getting fucked up and you're spending all your money and you're ruining your life now you're broke and you just went you blew it all on a trip but just enjoy the things that are around you and if your life sucks then you have to change it
0: I think there's a level of selfishness that has to happen it seems kind of productive I think there's a part and I see this a lot with young people and I know that's how I felt as well where you want to create all this change in the world let's say we're talking about climate change or any kind of social issue activism etc there's like a level of awareness that needs to be put in the world so that people are talking About it, so that change is happening. That's really great that you want to be part of that. You want to contribute to the future world and you want to leave a lasting legacy impact and be part of something bigger than you, which is absolutely necessary but i think sometimes in that like selflessness and acts of service of like helping other people helping the future helping the macro you can also lose sight of the fact that you do actually need to have a level of selfishness that comes with self-care that means that you can actually have the strength to go and keep fighting that fight because if you don't take care of yourself and you don't keep some of that for yourself some of that energy you're going to deplete and therefore you're not going to be able to sustain towards whatever mission ground higher purpose yeah. self-actualization you need and you'll just burn out
1: yeah it's like if you're running in the desert but you don't look after yourself you can't yeah like be, you're, you're not you're drinking water Collapse eventually. yeah
0: exactly and it's like even though you've got that will to go because yeah. it's bigger than you there are things that you can't control such as your health and we can see this so much in like the way that people can deteriorate and you don't think that you are but if you're not looking after yourself the
1: thing is with like mental health is i think what you just said is that I would split them almost one is theoretical and one is practical where Mm. if you're not being practical with like you're saying your own personal selfish self and practical means working out exercising partying sometimes you need to go partying socializing eating right going on a trip like little things basically like relieving the pressure valve on your life I feel like that's what life is just pressure builds up and then you need to release it and if you're not doing that enough or in a healthy way the theoretical part is if you have all these sort of lofty it's all theoretical It's like, okay, I'm going to change the Australian political world with my comrades around Australia. But it's like, that's all theory. Like, you can't actually measure that. It's like the end of the rainbow. You're never actually going to find it. Well, yeah, it's like the job is never
0: done. You can't
1: sacrifice your personal practical self. Well, this for, is, for this mission if because it's just going to be like well like it's that
0: idea I say this a lot in the business world where it's like you have 100% to give so therefore let's say 100% is one thing every hour let's just put a time frame on that of how many hours you're even awake that you can do stuff and then this is where burnout happens where it's like what inhumane thing that we've come to do in this generation of like you know post internet post globalization post everything that we know in the western world is that we've learnt ways to optimize things where if i just do this optimization take the joy out of it completely make it robotic then i can do double as much and therefore i can get to the goal faster not realizing the opportunity cost of what optimization can do to you because it's inhumane like i think there's a mental struggle that we all have where it's like you should be doing more but like your body is really giving you signs of like you can't and like you know there's this other thing of like the athlete mindset of beyonce has like 24 hours in a day and so do you like she can do it you can do it like push yourself like this yeah, yes, i agree yeah. like you should push yourself out of your comfort zone but like there is a point of deterioration it's like diminishing returns like at some point no matter how far you push yourself yeah you're still gonna yeah deplete. you need to
1: find whether it's your career or the way that you work out or the food that you eat or whatever it is you need to find the joy in all of it because if you're enjoying it, you're naturally just going to keep doing it.
0: Yeah. And, and that's that whole mentality of play. You if know? you
1: read better with audiobooks, just cut the crap and stop buying the books and just I do mean, the audio a you know, great books example like- of that
0: is like, I had for a long time, like, I started a YouTube channel again, maybe last year. And I was like, just to remind myself, because I hadn't made videos in a while, I was like, I just want to use Final Cut because I just need to know I can do it. I actually do know how to do it. And like, if I wanted to work in video production again, like, I could do it. And I I did do it as i was doing it i was kind of like i actually don't i don't see myself as like a content creator like this like this is not how i want to produce videos i like doing them for fun it's part of my artillery of skills that i can offer to other people i don't want to go full time in house into like film tv world like that so i was like okay well. Now I don't even want to do it at all because it's too much work because I don't really see the payoff and it's not what I want to do. There's this natural thing with like using apps, for example. It's like, oh, that's cheating. The conservative industry mindset that I was brought up with in, let's say, the university system was like, no, 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 that's not the official way. Yeah, that's not letting, the industry standard. You're letting
1: these invisible forces create this box around you. Yeah. And, and you you're, realize like, you're like wait no one firstly well, no one cares yeah
0: well also it's like if the product if the output is so similar like <laughs> unless anyone peeking behind the curtain which you know it's one of those things if i'm trying to make a fucking hollywood blockbuster or i want to make an asset for social media like for fun why do i need to do 10 times the amount of the work just to be like i made it on final cut said no one like exactly. i know i can use that program but i don't need to sit here being like flexing that on you because at the end of the day you either watch it or you don't and there's so many more forces at play but like it's that mentality of like that mental blockage of i couldn't possibly do it that way because that's cheating
1: there's kind of that saying where it's like action leads to change or something you know like you well, can't, i think it's
0: action leads more action
1: yeah you can't plan for action you have to just do something mm. and then that's going to lead to more stuff happening whatever it is but if you plan to do action it doesn't make sense because you're just planning all this stuff no one in this world knows what the fuck is going on everyone mm. is just guessing everyone is just trying to do what they know based on history and what their personal experience is there's no great like arbiter of this is the rule everyone is just chopping and changing and trying things all the time and it's the ones who kind of just don't care and they just do what they need to do. Well, I,
0: I think the best way to look at optimization is actually like optimized by doing like the A-B test, you know, like you, Gary Vee always talks about that, like if we're going to oh, no, go into No, yeah. no, no. Right. Now we we'll take it back. I was
1: about to say the self-help is getting real. And then yeah, yeah, then yeah. Officially, no, no, no. I think we have to tie it up right now. No, no, I was getting to a point. This is the last No,
0: point. this was the point that I was going yeah, to get yeah. to. Well, Rap- anyways, please. it's just about like actually going out there and experimenting and playing. And I okay. read a really sick interview with Bubba Stilts. <laughs> last night I think it was for Nuda or something like that
1: you brought it back yeah yeah I brought it back it's all
0: good it's all good good. I just had to reference it because you can't (laughs) deny the greats but like look this is not this is not some hustle bro we all know that you're all
1: listening to Gary Vee yeah
0: yeah that's why I referenced it because I'm like again this is an example
1: if he's what gets you going and gets you motivated I'm not
0: mad about it I'm like it's not my bag I appreciate him and I really respect him, but this is not a hustle bro pod. If you're getting confused, <laughs> we're taking it back. We're now on Bubba Stilt. Yeah. So my point was that I read We're this... wearing
1: gawpy fits. And yeah, we're, yeah we're
0: all good. I'm wearing Ethel Kane hoodie. It's all fine. <sighs> anyway, so I read this interview because I haven't paid attention to Bubba for a while. Like we all know he's cool. Bubba... He makes good music, like hot boy shit. You know the vibe. Like we saw him play at Boiler Room some years back and I was like, this guy is like effortless swag and he's Scandi. So that's all I knew. I was like, oh, he's from Sweden. Cool name. Cool situation. Blah, blah, blah. I haven't paid attention in a long while. You were like playing his new record that's come out
1: once again hugsy came through with the wreck
0: yeah well he was like album of the year
1: he's called album of the year so we were
0: like huh so you're playing it and the reason why i was paying attention because i love to shadow whatever you're doing i kind of passively listen to youtube videos you watch and pods you're listening to or music that you're playing so you're playing this song that he's covering and my ears prick up and like i said in that era like the mid-2000s my whole bag was like the 80s 90s early new york punk scene so i was like like, this is a johnny thunders cover and you were like yeah, yeah he did the cover and i was like oh i fucking love johnny thunders now you got my attention and i was like well the fact that he's covering it was you can't put your arms around a memory right yeah yeah, yeah. so i was like the fact that he's, that he's covering johnny thunders says so much and the reason it says so much is because one johnny thunders is fucking cool like he had his history in the new york dolls and he had the heartbreakers and then he had his own solo project and his whole thing was like this junkie i guess and then he had this like soft side to him especially if you've read please kill me you'll see this like a very sensitive kind of sad part of him you know he really kind of won over that like skate world then it crosses over in the skate world so there was a certain era of like skaters that were kind of hanging around melbourne when i was in it was like the cherry bar ding dong scene and there was that whole era of like baker three and that whole, like, rock star skater, Dustin, Ali Balala, that shit. And Ali Balala really makes me think of Johnny Thunders because, you know, these guys were skating to that music. They had the whole cowboy, like, goth shit going on where they would skate in, like, the black hats with the little boot kind of straps on them and stuff, which is a very Johnny Thunders thing. I'm pretty sure Ali is from Sweden as well. Mm-hmm. So there's a very strong, like, it's that, that thing where to the naked eye, much like the whole rapture thing that the dare said was, if you didn't know, you'd just be like, oh, this is a nice and I was like no no this says everything and then he had these other songs and I was like this sounds exactly like Lou Reed like the way his inflection everything that he's saying he's kind of doing this like almost like spoken word poetry situation but he had fucking zingers man like he really came through with these bars there was one line about HBO in there and there's some other shit where I was just like this was speaking to me and then now I've spiraled into and like I was saying that thing with the dare where it takes a lot for me to actually get into the fandom and equally not and equally not like it, it just it has to be the right touch point at the right time and and then I was kind of like, see, now I put you in that same bucket. Much like the day, not that they're exactly in the Salem and Ice Age bucket or anything like that, but like now you're kind of... My reference point was I looked at the picture and then I was like, heard all that shit and I was like, you're giving me like shlomo in that peak, we did it era of like... And now he's obviously producing for Salem, but it's like giving me that energy. And now I'm like, alright, I'm going to read this interview where he had a really great styled shoot where it was like an androgynous thing going on. He was wearing by air in it. And I was like, this is just working <laughs> for really, me. Really,
1: You're painting a very in-depth picture. Yeah,
0: here. and then I... This is where I know it's gone to so the take next it, level. So take it back to the self help. So no, you so read the interview. So I've read the interview, and then a thing that I like to do yeah. is if I like what I see, I'll aggregate the picture to my Tumblr. So now I've uploaded some of these shoot photos to my Tumblr, which is my mood board that's public facing, and I was like, all right, you're on my Tumblr now. Like it's kind of you know, if you go on my Tumblr, you'll see, and it's actually Angel Fire Pod, so it's also this Pods of Tumblr, but it's like the garden is on there a lot, Ethel Kane's on there a lot, Salem's on there a lot, Tyler's on there a lot. You know what I mean? Like this is the situation so now he's made it onto the tumblr yeah and in this interview what i really liked was on top of all the other touch points he was so fucking i think it was the style of the interview and also i don't know who the interviewer was but the style of the interview was so candid that it was like a conversation almost like a pod and could have been a transcript but he was just talking some realness and i was like i really respect you as a person you know i love a cowboy like a cowboy energy any kind of country twang to the music again with a lou reed thing are you are you referring
1: to the interview part where he says that he doesn't want to be just restrained to electronic music
0: I was talking more about the part where he was talking about Stockholm and how he was like I've noticed this thing where 12 year olds are wearing acne and there's this from his perspective it's very much like what we're talking about now where he was kind of like I'm seeing almost like the circularity of like trends where he was saying like it can be such a bubble and I feel this about Melbourne sometimes and any other kind of smaller city that's not so big that you don't know everyone like it can feel like this sometimes where you look around and like sometimes it feels good and sometimes it just makes you cringe. Yeah. It's like, how many people am I going to see wearing Salamons as I walk down the street in my Salamons vibe? He's like, all these 12-year-olds are wearing acne. Now that everyone has the same scent, they have the same haircuts, they have the same clothes and it mm. just makes me kind of feel sick and want to quit music sometimes. And right. I thought that was fucking candid and yeah. I really liked that. I read a lot of media where I'm like, this fucking interview is so boring because it's the same fucking interview because it's press release call. I'm that bored. It makes me not want to write and I haven't fucking interviewed anyone in a long time before. Because I'm just, like, so fucking sick of asking the same questions with I think, the same I think, Yeah, I think it's, answers. it's
1: important in that regard. What I took from that, I think relating to what we were saying, is that he is just doing what feels right to him. And he's well, cra- it's like, yeah, he's, he's not just doing he's not just sticking to Yeah, he's not just sticking to the formula that he's obviously had success in. And, like, yeah, exactly. Like no well, one, this is the thing. I they, didn't know him as this artist. So no, I, I didn't know he would think, make music
0: like that either.
1: But that's, yeah, I think that's sort of someone who's...
0: I think that's really punk yeah it is i, think it
1: I mean is. it's important that you do the thing that he's either been thinking about it for a long time or he's got some fucking deep music education that he hasn't ever been able to show or something but he's just decided fuck it i'm gonna do it and i think that well this
0: is the whole like it's not And he co- might
1: create a trend you know? yeah well
0: it's also that thing of like let's say you've got a record deal and this is what you've built your fandom on and then you want to we talk about this a lot with maddie healy as an example like wanting to go backwards like wanting to do something different ice age went through this like they had that break where they hadn't broken up or anything but they kind of focus on other projects Ilios was really focusing on watching church and then came back to ice age and i love that about them where maybe this is just you know certain levels of artists that can just do that but they have the freedom to kind of go well this is what i feel like doing which is the beauty of being an independent artist or on a small label that you can just go today i feel like fucking writing a punk record and this day is going to be a heavy dance record and i like that you have the flexibility to do that without like worrying about momentum or yeah. worrying about alienating your fan bases so, like truly being an artist you know like i said that's how i tipped over yeah. and that's another thing with the dare when i heard that turtlenecked album i was like you're not just capitalizing on the indie sleaze movement trash bag era whatever even if you listen to his ep the dare that last track is nothing like the indie sleaze sound it's giving me main room and yeah. he's a dj so i think that i think like... it's
1: dawn it is daunting to change it up in whatever mm. that means you know and i think if you have this burning desire i feel like when i have a burning desire to do something and it's within my realm of possibility you know all that's stopping you from doing it is just you know a lot of the time it's just that this is not expected of me or Mm. this is not my i think he said that didn't he He said that in one of the songs maybe personal brand you know like fuck the personal brand the personal brand it has to shift and evolve you don't want to just be that guy forever yeah
0: you don't want to be clinical
1: yeah you don't want to just be the same thing for the sake of how you're perceived by everyone else well this is
0: like that style thing right i remember there was a joke my friend ash and i were making when we were in new york last year and she was living there and it was like she was just mad because someone said something about her and they were like that's off brand and we were making this joke about being off brand and I'm like as someone that is like a marketer I do a lot of brand marketing I'm like I know the rules of engagement when it comes to best practice but like as a human being my friend Jake I haven't seen him in a long time but I remember once when I was really in the branding world just coming into marketing as a career it was like I used to say like be a brand be your biggest fan I still back that I remember he did comment once being like don't be a brand be a person I think something that I've been able to achieve on a personal level you know not caring about my follow accounts not caring about that engagement like that i'm just doing things that i want to do i feel proud of that stuff even if no one fucking sees it it'd be great if they did but like it's not the focus but it's that idea of you can have a really strong brand but you can be a real person where that brand can keep changing as you change yeah because your level of authenticity is gonna i don't know it's like you don't unlock that completely i have a
1: phrase it's say what you mean and me what you say
0: i don't think you made that up no i didn't make <laughs> it. up that's like my
1: new mantra at the moment yeah it was that cover guide or maybe it was actually the iron pack now mm. we're really getting meta on our. <laughs> but if you just say what you mean more often basically be truthful and mm. and more forward with people you know say if you think they have a nice shirt say they have a nice shirt yeah like be yeah. real i feel like it just unlocks conversation it unlocks tension it just 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 creates an energy of. I feel like it feels more buoyant and makes everything feel more exciting. I'm not saying like be a dick. Like you don't want to just be liar liar. Hmm. I think that's part of my quote unquote growth. (laughs) Is just is just learning to be being more just honest.
0: I think that this pod actually is a really good way to bring that out of you and also myself and anyone that's on here at the moment. That's only Jay. I think one thing I love about this off the dome and I've always liked this, but like I felt at some point, particularly like the confines of the best practice mentality is. You felt restricted or edited, or trying to chase an algorithm, or whatever the fuck, trying to go viral, trying to yeah like work or etc. Friendship groups, or yep.
1: whatever It's the same with the personal brand thing yeah. that you feel like trapped in it. Almost you need to stick to the script, of the guidelines, what's what sort of supposed to be said or what's you what's going to work, what's you don't not going to work. feathers, but yeah. it's like what think, is the point of any of this if you're not just
0: well? I think like I said about the pod is we're just letting it roll and like there's very little editing in that way. Like if anything, it's just the heavy breathing that happens. <laughs> (laughs) but like i say shit without thinking about it all the time and like hearing it back it takes practice but it's like i'm not offended by it so i don't have to self-censor yeah Yeah, i've tried to do podcasts like in the past where i've tried to write scripts and then talk at those scripts or even read them and i fucking hated it because i was like this is inauthentic to me you're never really going to say anything that crazy like if you have a strong belief system and you're not always going to appeal to everyone it's like there is a real freedom in just speaking
1: and oftentimes the common sense thing that comes to you immediately is correct
0: yeah and well like my cousin said the other day Angie she was like she listened to the pod with Jay and was like I'm really happy that you found your voice and you're using it again that vibe there was a lot of time of hiding where I was too scared to publish anything like I said I actually had a like real considering I would help a lot of brands and people with their marketing and growth strategies it's like I was for myself quite scared of like getting in front of too many people that I might ruffle those feathers or I might get cancelled or I might upset someone because I don't agree with them or I'm too loud and I'm too this and that I don't think I've subscribed to the mentality of like i don't give a fuck at all because no like there's this attitude of like oh you shouldn't give a fuck what people think like etc i'm like not out here to be like some fucking american psycho not inhumane in the way that i don't give a fuck to the point that like i'm a bad person i don't have empathy
1: that's why it's like say what you mean means in the reverse it's like don't say something that and it's not just like verbally saying it but it's don't say things that aren't you either
0: oh anyways all right back to bubba stilt so last points music checked out i was already like halfway and then you know like public possession sick label kind of like being in my peripheries but like again not giving them much attention like andres fox assigned to them like what they do if we're talking marketing and what actually works and like being real something about electronic labels electronic focus labels maybe ones that have djs on them you know you can see it in brands even like the pelvises of the world the steel cities the public possessions the butter sessions like all these labels have like this incredible art direction that like is very derivative of like the range well it is derivative in the way that it's inspired by but it's got a modern twist to it but like there's this rave culture aesthetic going on and then on top of that it's like very punk and it's very graphic design they know how to use fonts and that's what I was saying about the Dare beyond him being this artist and being whatever he's got that DJ side of him that his frequencies night that he does the posters and the art direction on them remind me more of the electronic space which I really appreciate so this is again looking at public possession I was like this is a brand that you know label whatever that knows itself and it's like paying homage to like its ancestry but it's also got its own twist and also it's just quality product like the merch is so on point because it looks like a brand it looks like a brand that you would want to buy into similar to pelvis and i just really appreciate that so it was another touch point where i was like yep you deserve my follow you deserve my Tumblr post you deserve my fandom and the last point which actually ties back nicely to the episode that i did with jay something that i learned about baba stilts because i always just was like he's swedish don't know the backstory his mom's like a mix of different nationalities but his dad is Filipino-American. And he actually grew up in, North, like, Northern California. And okay. that was another touch point because, you know, I love Scandinavia or Swedish, Australian, whatever. And then I am Filipino. And these are more touch points. So, that was it. So, that's how the fandom happens, guys. So, if you're wanting to know how to build one, I don't fucking have the answers. Hello, Bubba Stilts. Join the crew, you know, like... <laughs> it's not olivia rodrigo's fandom but it's a fandom and it's a safe space for other <laughs> people that uh, she's, she's actually lost the plot i um, don't know what i'm saying i'm so yeah. dehydrated. anyways my of the story is look after yourself and others and say what you mean, mean <laughs> what you say hell yeah and on that note we will speak to you soon